Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. Let's get serious for a moment. When you have a legal problem, you need a lawyer that understands you as a person. So get a lawyer that understands who you are. You are a drag racer. So get a drag race lawyer. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Today is episode number six. It is the last week of May. So we just wrapped up the Indy 500, and I talked about this last week a little bit about a couple things and i'm going to double enter on that again today and i'd say this for real if you live within 250 miles of indianapolis you need to go do two things as often as you can one is to see the indy 500 the other is to see friday night qualifying at the big go you just do you got to do that where else can you see um for the indy 500 that we just wrapped up we Cars are going 220 miles an hour, inches apart from each other for three hours straight. Um, that's It's a big deal. Um, you also see if you took the town of Speedway and you put all the people that come to Speedway for that day, it ends up being like the 68th largest country in the world. So it is a spectacle. It is awesome. And um, you just got to do that. If if you want to thank yourself, do it. Um, if you want to be good to the sport, bring friends and grow the sport we love. Um, also, I guess a little bit of drag racing connection there. Um, man, uh, our boy Graham Rahal, he gets taken out on lap 176. It looked like he had a chance at that thing. Um, you know, not only does he get taken out, um, I think it was turn three, but he also has to go home and listen to his wife tell him he that she drives 100 miles an hour faster than him. So he's in the Indy 500, and he has to listen to that when he goes home. So rough day for him. Uh, we'll root him on very well. But, uh, hey, let's get at it. Um, we have an absolute uh, crazy episode today. We are going to hit the works today. Um, we will get you up to date on some standings and results of uh, what happened over the weekend. We have... Uh, Jimmy Sokovich, uh, he's the he's a D four top dragster standout. Um, if Slider was introducing him, he would say it's Mister Iceman to you. It's how he flies. He's ice cold. He never makes a mistake. As it turns out, it's me who will be introducing him. A guy who has not one but two Top Gun posters in his house currently. Uh, used to have a dog named Maverick, who was the greatest dog on the planet, and then also has. Uh, helmet that has an ode to my man Maverick um, Top Gun theme helmet today. So I'm excited to bring in Jimmy and talk about his program. Also, we have 
Todd Sylvie, a longtime drag racing journalist. He talks kind of the state of the union of our classes. Really excited to have him on to talk about um, where we're at today, how we got here, and where we go. Um, hey, clean the shop, do the commute to work, um, mow the yard, whatever it is that you do. But we've got the works for you today. Um, welcome to the show. Um, before we get there, I should say, um, you guys have been doing a good job of this, but get at me on Twitter at Fast Brackets. Um, hit the Facebook page, The Fast Brackets Podcast, or send me an email, fastbrackets at outlook.com. We've got the works for you today. Here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get at it. Let's put it in the water box, heat them up. Let's talk about a hot topic. Um, and just we're, we'll talk about Memorial Day here real quickly. Um, it is overall a great motorsports day when you talk about F1, NASCAR, and IndyCar as well. Um, drag racing doesn't put its stamp on it uh, like like we would do over Labor Day for the big go. But, uh, you know, let's just let's just remember that Memorial Day is not just a time so that we can see what used to be a former offensive lineman who has been washing down his triple cheeseburgers and a bag of fries with a 12-pack every night for a decade in a star-spangled teaback. It's also um, a good time for us to take a breath. Let's think about um, who we're honoring, and we're going to what we're doing today is we're honoring those who lost their lives serving in the military. Originally, um, you may have not known this because I didn't until recently, it was originally known as Decoration Day, um, honoring all those who lost their lives in the Civil War. In 1968, Congress decided that it would make it a official federal holiday starting in 1971. For whatever reason, I couldn't quite figure this out uh, or find the research stuff, but Waterloo, New York, is cited as the origin of Memorial Day. And um, originally, they were celebrated Decoration Day on May 30th, because mostly because that was a date that something didn't happen in the Civil War. So they kind of was a neutral date. And then Congress, when they made it official holiday, said it would be the Monday um, after the uh, the fourth week in in May, so it just it became a regular holiday. Um, there are only ten federal holidays on the calendar uh, annually, and of course, this is the unofficial start to summer. But uh, take a moment out of your partying, uh, enjoying the day, and uh, remember those who lost their lives serving in the military. Okay, let's get in the beams. Let's get this show started so um on the line with us now is your 2007 nhra division 5 junior dragster champion he is a multi-time top five finisher in the midwest super series he's a former adrl top dragster event winner he finished in the top five in nhra division five top dragster last year my man uh Iceman jimmy sakovich Jimmy, welcome to the show. Sakovich, but sorry, sorry, brother. Yeah, it's all right. Um, it. Yeah, so many times, different ways. Yeah, thanks for correcting me there. So um, it's all good. 
um, welcome to the show. Um, you and I first met, and uh, the first thing I noticed was you have the Iceman helmet. Um, you know, Top Gun came out 12 years before you were born. Um, how does that come about? How do you get to uh, wear the Iceman helmet? Um, well, I remember watching the movie, and even before that, um, you know, it's – I know Iceman in the movie is sort of the bad guy, which it also kind of reminds me whether it's it's okay to be a bad guy sometimes. Um, but, of course, you know, for sponsors and stuff, he can't be, you know, that big of a, a joker. That's but right. um, when I was in the junior days, I had watched, you know, ADRL from a long time ago, and um, Shannon Jenkins also was known as the Iceman. And I, I remember, you know, really loving that that nickname. And when I saw the movie, uh, the color scheme with the helmet just really fit you know, the car I was driving at the time, and it just kind of stuck. Well, they say that's how he flies, ice cold, no mistake. So that, uh, you know, that you can't go wrong with that mentality. You got to have a, you got to have a fighter pilot, fighter pilot mentality when you're driving at close to 250 miles an hour. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, and with that mentality, I know you you spend a particular large amount of time thinking about the mental aspect of drag racing. Can you walk us through um, how how the mental game plays into for you? Well, uh, the biggest thing I've learned so far is you know your mind will always be your toughest opponent. Um, it's it's better than any world champion. It's uh, has no mistakes unless you make it do that. I mean, you have to be a computer up at the starting line. I think AI, that, as you would say. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And, no, that's a good point is that um, we can take ourselves out of it pretty quick. I mean, I know personally on my, you know, when the car is not right, I can let that affect me. And, and it's something I've been trying to do is say, hey, even if I don't think the car is perfect, go do what I do. And um, and and you're you're so right. Your mind can take you uh, to a bad place if you let it. Yeah, but it can also take you to incredible heights if you want it that way too. And it's just always about playing that game. You know, it's a fine-tuned instrument. And if it's tuned up, you know you're you're playing a symphony and if it's not tuned up, you know, it sounds like a third grade band, you know? <laughs> right. No, for sure. That, that is absolutely true. Um, and you know, you mentioned, uh, you're going 240 miles an hour with this thing. Uh, walk our listeners through, through the rocket that you have. Well, it's a Spitzer race car, hardtail, 260 inch, uh, wheelbase. Um, it, the main heart of the operation is a 481X stage four, uh, brought to you by ProLine and it's electronically fuel injected, has a ProCharger F3R 136 supercharger. 
and a power glide transmission, uh, pretty much run of the mill stuff and bracket racing and top dragster. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it shares the part, it shares, you know, 80% of the parts with a top alcohol dragster. Right. And the other 20% it shares with a super car. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's made to go fast. I mean, we specifically built this car to be able to go 250, 260 miles an hour if we ever wanted to. Right. Um, and you know, you, you mentioned the pro charger and the 481 X. Um, have you, did you start with that block and that, uh, foundation or did you, have you moved to that with the pro charger? We've, we've moved to that. Um, when we first started, you know, we ran a six twenty two with nitrous with two systems, um, that got us, you know, back when, you know, four twenties were flying in top dragster. And I mean, it's just got insane over the years. You know, now you look at a PDRA field and they're running, you know, well into the three seventies touching three sixties. And, you know, you got to go big nowadays. And, uh, we had problems cause we originally went to a, Procharge big block, and we had problems lifting the head gaskets, lifting the heads, and the head gaskets pushed out. So we were like, you know, we need to do something, you know, that's built for boost a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And it was the choice of whether a Hemi or a 481X. And you know, we're we're Chevy people, so we uh, tried to go the least hem hemispherical option. There you go. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, well, th that's uh, yeah, that's a pretty awesome power plant. And you, have you put it on the dyno? Do you have any idea, or would you like to disclose uh, about what the horsepower level for that dude is? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say three thousand okay. horsepower at around 50, 50 pounds of boost. Whew, that is um, that, that's a that's a monster, my man. That is a, yeah, I remember a, talking to this one guy that we raced with about it, and I told him that number, and he, I think, about fainted. <laughs> I about had to catch him. Fifty yeah. pounds of boost, right? It's like that's you know how you get the mile an hour charge at the big end. That's right. Yeah, and and that's an interesting tuning um, challenge for you guys, right? Because with the yeah. 610, obviously you can run faster than that, but the, the goal is to run big mile per hour uh, without going under the 610. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to almost throttle stop it like a super comp car. You know, you got to kill it out of the hole, and just charge at them, you know, past 330 feet. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't know that we would have thought we were essentially putting throttle stops on these things, you know, 10 years ago, but that's where we're at today. Yeah, and it makes the race so so much more interesting, I think, being 100, 200 feet behind a car, you know, at 330 feet. But then being able to catch them by the last 60 feet of the racetrack, that just goes to show how much of a gap you can make up. Right. Yep. Um, and, I, and, you know, we, 
I was going to ask you about how you did this weekend um, at the divisional um, uh, in Tulsa, but that obviously has been postponed. Um, how did you guys do? Uh, I know you're from the area or from out that way, but I mean, did you guys stay safe? Did your shop, the cars, all everything stay safe? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, everything's fine. You know, I guess we're kind of adept to, you know, tornado sirens and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was down in Wichita and we had uh, sirens come on and I actually fell asleep in my closet. So, <laughs> old you know, hat. Just, that's old hat like, for you. Like, like, like no big deal, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you were in Wichita because you're, um, cause you go to school there, right? You're a Wichita yeah. state shocker. Yes. Yeah. Um, study engineering there and also have an internship in Wichita this summer. So, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you a pass. I remember, you know, this was, a long time ago, but I was lucky enough to play in the roundhouse and then, um, and the, the fans were great there. They used to kill us for having sleeves on our jerseys there. Um, even though we whipped the shockers, butt when we went in there, our, my Evansville team went in there. So that was good stuff. But, uh, Greg Marshall's a really good dude. I've had the pleasure of yeah. knowing him a little bit and, um, that, that's gotta be a lot of fun being around that right now. Yeah. in. I guess before I went down there, I came, I got there in 2016 after uh, Ron Baker and Van Vliet and Evan Wessel all graduated. So, I mean, it was probably more magical, you know, before I got down there. But um, Landry Shamit, who is from Kansas City area, um, played there, you know, for three years until he got drafted. And I actually know of him. You know, I was a manager of basketball in high school and okay. got to got to see him play. And it's just, you know, fantastic specimen, yeah. athletic specimen. If I remember right, he's on the Sixers right now. And he's – is that right? He actually got traded to the Clippers. The Clippers. Okay, so he that's actually got to play in the okay. playoffs a little bit. Yeah, that's where I saw him. I couldn't remember, but yeah, he had a he had a pretty good game when I watched the Pacers play the Clippers. That was that was fun, and I, and I will tell you that um, I had told um, a Kentucky friend of mine, um, actually a kid who played for me, and he was a huge Kentucky honk, and he said that Fred Blandy and and Ron Baker were awful players and that they would never play in the NBA. So I got to call him this week and say, Hey, remember when you told me that those guys couldn't play? Fred just went uh, like perfect from the three point line um, this week for the Raptors. So uh, good for both yeah, of those guys in the NBA final. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so that's fun being a shocker on campus and, but you're staying busy, right? You're, you're chasing yeah. the race series. You're going to school full time and then you've got an internship, right? Where, where's that? Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, it's at a company, um, aviation consulting and engineering services. Um, it's, um, ACEs for short. Okay. And we do a lot of, um, fire testing for aircraft interiors. Um, get to light some stuff on fire. It's actually <laughs> not a bad day at the office. There you go. 
Um, well, that is a busy schedule, my man. Um, the racing, uh, you know, getting your degree. What's your degree in? Remind me. Mechanical engineering. Mechanical. Okay. Um, and there's lots of aviation type stuff around Wichita. Yeah. Correct. It's the air capital of the world. You know, Boeing used to be there. Now they, uh, have a comp- uh, subsidiary down there, Spirit Aerosystems. They do fuselages. Um, Bombardier, Learjet, Cessna, Beechcraft, Hawker, uh, pretty much you name it, Airbus, they're all down there. Right. Yep. No, that's that's cool. That way, um, if for whatever reason um, you don't get your shot at a big stage, and I think you probably will at some point, I mean, you get comfortable running 240 miles an hour. As a young guy, you'll probably get your shot at some point, but having an engineering yeah. degree is a good backup plan. Yeah, and I mean about, you know, going pro or whatever. I mean, I guess it just takes sponsorship and having the right people around you. So, you know, you try to surround yourself with the best people you can and, you know, good things can happen from there. Well, I think you have to this point, right? Like you've got um, a pretty good support system in your mom and dad. You want to talk about them a little bit? Yeah, they're – they're pretty much, you know, my everything. Um, my mom, you know, really taught me a lot about work ethic. And my dad, you know, taught me about just how to be a man and, you know, and stay stay cool, you know, through everything that life throws at you. Um, my girlfriend currently, you know, she does a lot with, uh, social media and media in general with me. And I think I, you know, she's definitely helped me a lot along the way, um, trying to get to, you know, the next step in racing, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to market yourself and she knows how to do that. And she knows how to help me with that. Having the team is uh, is really uh, it's so it's so important. I mean, none of us does anything truly on our own. Like we've got a team for everything, and uh, so it sounds like you um, have a great one uh, behind you. Um, talk a little bit about um, you, that team, and what your goals were for this season, and and what series you're going to chase, and how that's gone. Well, uh, my dad runs a pro modified car. Um, I, I don't think that's any stretch of a secret. Uh, he runs in the Midwest Pro Mod Series, and actually this year they included uh, top sportsman and top dragster. So I think last year we ran a lot of quarter-mile stuff, which is sometimes harder on things. I mean, I guess not in our case, but – and <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, and we really decided to – go along with that series with my car and you know we've we've run i think you know three races four races now and it's just been a lot of fun you know racing together with my dad and you know that's always been always been a lifelong dream of mine you know to possibly uh, either race pro my car for him or you know race one with him but you know this is probably the next best thing to that you know just getting to be together and do what we love yeah that's um as far as 
quarter mile side of things. We're going to run a few divisionals, and we're going to be in Chicago next weekend for the Route 66 Nationals. There you go. Okay. Um, well, then, uh, yeah, that's great. That'll be a great event, and, you know, they're, they've got – both top dragster, um, top sportsman, and then the Jags All Stars going on there. So it, it'll yeah, be... I think they run every sportsman category at that race. So. Yeah, it's that's really cool. Um, that's really and cool. you name it, they'll be there. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you win there, you've done something. Um, like I, I think I remember looking at the entry list of my names, like right next to Bertozzi, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, with the big dogs now. That's right. That's right. Um, well, Hey, we uh, really appreciate you coming on, um, and, and wish you well now, and as you're, as you're going forward, is there, um, uh, anybody you want to thank or, uh, just, you know, from sponsorship standpoint or anything like that, that really helps you? Um, well, first off, mom and dad, you know, everything, uh, the man upstairs, you know, looks after us from time to time, uh, all the time, you know. So, uh, Jesse, uh, I love you so much. Uh, let's go. My brothers, um, Andy and Robert, you know, they've done so much for me. Uh, Uncle Bob, uh, Proline, Fuel Tech, Flying A, uh, Lucas Oil, Hoosier, Weld Wheels, Spitzer for building the fastest bracket car on the face of Earth and Kimoa. So thanks thanks to everyone who's helped me be here, and uh, hopefully we can put string together some good results coming up here in the hot summer part of our season. I like it. Um, that was uh, Jimmy Sakovich. Jimmy, thanks for coming on. That was strong, and uh, we wish you well for the rest of the season. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. All right, we are at the half track report um, right now, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen at some point. It happened a little quicker than what I uh, thought or could imagine, um, but I got this, and <clears throat> I want to curb this. I don't. I don't want to get this. Uh, let this get too out of hand because I know how we operate. Um, but I got this, uh, Rex. Um, the half track report should be presented by oilpanwindows.com. Um, when you need to get a better look at your crankshaft or let the rods breathe a bit, get yourself an oil pan window. Uh, nobody lets you get a better view of the violence and destruction a race motor can produce than oilpanwindows.com. Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's, let's not let that get out of hand. Uh, we all know that the half track report is brought to you by dragracelawyer.com and not things like oil pan windows. Ugh. All right. Um, <clears throat> you know who you are and, uh, don't do that again. Um, but let's let's talk now. Let's talk a little bit about. We didn't have a whole bunch of action, but so let's talk about the points leaders on the 
NHRA side on the national level. So let's start in top dragster. Um, I was going to just walk through the top five real quick, but uh, it's such a bunch group that we're going to talk about the top seven. So Ross Lara sits at top. He started hot, and he has 428 points. Um, We know kind of 600 is the number that – kind of gives you a chance at it. So at 428, he is uh, right where he wants to be chasing the national championship there. Um, Aaron Stanfield sitting at number two at 366 points. Anthony Bertozzi third at 314 points. So both those guys, um, you know, they may have one great weekend and it kind of puts them back in the mix there. So they're sitting there. And then we've got a little bit of bunch um four through seven. So Wayne Landry sits fourth with 306 points. Carson Brown has 302, so he sits fifth. Ed Open, 300 points at sixth. And then Steve Furr is sitting at number seven with 298 points. So really, Wayne Landry at 306 points, Carson Brown, 302, Ed Open, 300, and Steve Furr at 298. Those guys are bunched up a little bit, um, but any one of those guys can make a run and and put uh, Aaron and Anthony um, on notice that way. So congrats to those guys for being in the top seven at this point in the season and um, certainly Ross in uh, the driver's seat there. If we go to the top sportsman side of the leaderboard um, at the national level, so we have Doug Crumlich at 386 points. And let's just say this, I don't know if – Doug knew he was going to make a run this year and just wanted to get on the right side of karma. But Doug was one of our first subscribers to the show. So I think he knew something. He knew, hey, as I make this run, I want some karma. Um, so we'll we'll try to get Doug on later in the season when he wants to come on and, um, you know, see how that shakes down. But congrats to Doug Crumlich, one of our very first subscribers um to the show at 386 points so he is in the lead sitting uh sitting well there and then we've got bart smith who had that great run early at 353 points so not very far uh rich okerman at 342 points sandy wilkins who uh we will talk about here in a minute more at 332 points and then um ed open at 311 points so um ed is sitting fifth on the top sportsman side and six on the top dragster side nationally. So congrats to all those guys um, for for making it this far, being within striking distance. So as the season goes on, you got to get yourself in position to be in position, and all those guys have done that so far. Um, now let's go to some racing action. It wasn't much, and we'll talk about why, but – at Maple Grove, the Division One divisional uh, event was held there, and on the top sportsman side, Sandy Wilkins goes number one. He runs a three or six thirty-six with an O at two hundred and seventeen miles an hour. Um, qualifies number one. It was a pretty good field. They had twenty-eight cars there, so um, you know Sandy going number one um, really had a nice program, and he goes on to actually win the event at number one. He takes a reaction time advantage over Brian Connery and um, and claims the championship there at Maple Grove. Now, here's what I like about that. Not only is Sandy a longtime uh, drag racer and just, you know, a uh, very, very qualified driver, but 
Um, he also kind of starts, uh, as we do this more and more, but puts the number one qualifier can't get the win um, myth to bed. There is kind of a thought, obviously, that that um, slower can be more consistent, especially on a sloppy track maybe. Uh, but in this case, um, Sandy goes number one and then also uh, wins the event. So congrats to him um, on the top sportsman side. Now, on the top dragster side, this gets a little interesting. So there were 45 dragsters that showed up on the property. Matt Sackman, um, you probably know him because his brother, Zach, is sitting in the top 10 in top drags for national points right now. Matt goes number one and runs a 616 at 224. So a good start for the Sackman boys there. But in the final, it is Debbie DiGenova over her husband, Val DiGenova. So it was a heck of a race. So Debbie goes 14 dead on two um, over Hubs Val, who was a 003 and goes two under, 2,000 under uh, to break out. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm probably not the guy to ask for Merrill advice, but I think Val was very, very smart there uh, to break out and uh, give Debbie the win. And I'm totally joking. I know she earned it. Uh, but but um, a husband-wife final in Maple Grove, very, very cool stuff. And um, congrats to the DeGenovas. Um, now, out in Tulsa, so they, they were going to run the Division Four. Um, event out there and due to the tornadoes and the destruction all over that area that event has been postponed uh, to August 2nd through the 4th so just are our thoughts and prayers go out to all those people who are impacted by those tornadoes and just the high wind destruction that um, can wreak havoc on your homes and businesses and and certainly race operations so we will get uh they will delay that. Hopefully everybody stayed safe, and then we can get the update um, in August. Um, next week's a big week, though, for for this. Um, really, was, we are a little quieter this week, but next week, so we've got the national event in Chicago, and we'll run both top sportsmen and top drags are there. And then there is also the JEGS All-Star event there. So um, that's a big deal. We'll talk more about the JEGS All-Stars then. And then also PDRA has their event in Maryland, as you know, they're wrapping up some finals from last event, and then they'll run their their Maryland event there. So there'll be lots to talk about next week, but that wraps up the half-track report for today. Okay, we're going to get out of the groove here just a little bit. Um, I'm excited to have this guy on. He has over 25 years um, of experience as a drag race journalist. He is the former managing editor at the IHRA magazine. He is the former owner of Drag News magazine. He recently wrote what I consider the state of the union on our classes. Welcome to the show, Todd Sylvie. Thank you, sir. Great to be on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Um, Todd, you've been doing this a long time. You've been around the sport a very long time. Um, walk our listeners through how you got started in the sport. Well, a really long story short, uh, back in 1988, I'm kind of dating myself there. Uh, uh, my wife and I, we had, I had built myself a nice little uh, typical uh, super gas uh, Chevy, uh, Chevette, and um, 
we tried to get some sponsorship for our own personal sportsman race car. And a very long story short, I had a huge sponsorship deal going. And a, another racer who was a circle track racer got the money and not me because he had smaller magazines that concentrated on their sportsman racing. And it, it was a uh, knife that stuck in me for quite a while. And uh, my wonderful wife and I started a uh, drag racing magazine called Drag News back in 88. And uh, it was the greatest 20 years of our lives. Uh, back in, back in uh, 2008, we had an opportunity to sell the magazine to another magazine. And we just kind of moved on from there. So that's really how I got my start in the journalism business was just trial by fire. I like that. Um, take the bull by the horns type of thing. Sure. And uh, I think it, we really did good our 20 years we did it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I certainly agree. Um, but you, you've stayed racing all this time, right? You, uh, you've still got cars and you get out there and do it yourself? We do. Uh, I've got a I've got a nice little car now. I have a desire to go faster, and you know I might be listening to your show a little more intently when it comes <laughs> to that. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean I'm a I'm a fourth generation drag racer, so it's uh, uh, it's always been in my blood. I had race cars before the magazine. I've always had race cars during the magazine. I mean I was pushing on the top dragster door for many years with a uh, mid four second uh, dragster. So uh, no, it's this has always been in my blood. I like it. Um, well, tell us what you do now um, for your day job, because I, I know you're you know, a racer and you had um, drag news for quite a long time. But what, what are you doing now for a living? Well, uh, it was for a couple of years, I did a uh, magazine for Illinois Parks and Recreation, which was, was, was simply the worst two years of my life. If I <laughs> wrote one more story about fluffy bunnies and trees, it was I was going to end it all. So. I'm glad I'm out of that, but it's it's been great. I, I was the editor of uh, Drag Review, IHRA's paper, for a number of years until that all kind of closed up. And there was a uh, great publication called Drag Racing Scene out of Memphis that I was the editor of for about two and a half years. And unfortunately, that magazine closed up. So now I'm, I'm kind of a freelancer. I'm writing for a number of different magazines. I've kind of developed a good re- re- uh, reputation to write not only technical stories, I love writing tech stories, but also feature stories and stuff. And that's how that uh, top sportsman, top dragster story you're referring to came about. Yeah, and that's really um, uh, something I want to get into now because I, I think it is kind of uh, for our classes, the, you know, for lack of a better word, the state of the union of on our classes. Um, and the sure. article we're talking about was a dragzine article. Uh, that you published on March 6th of this year, um, Top Sportsman and Top Dragster Racing on Top of the Sportsman World. Um, would you mind walking us through the origin of that article and, and what you found out while you were digging in? Sure. sure. Uh, the editor of Dragzine, Andy Wolf, and I got brainstorming one day. And, uh, it, I mean, you know, I, they do a great – Andy does a great job with the magazine, and I love freelancing for him. It just got talking about, you know, maybe we need to kind of – uh, focus on various classes, and it won't just be top sports and top racer, but we're going to do these little focus stories on various classes. I, you know, I, I love to do one on Superstock here real quick. But mm-hmm. what we did is is we picked uh, uh, six, seven, you know, uh, of the various racers of, of different ages, of different generations, of different backgrounds, uh, and, and I just kind of asked them common questions, and it, it turned out uh, very neat. Uh, you know, he uh, all the racers talked about the issues of the day, 
Uh, some of them love like the, the, you know, the 620, you know, rule that came around 610 rule. Right. Um, uh, you know, they, t- I talked about where they came from. I mean, one of the personal fascinating things about the article that I just wanted to get input. And I mean, we have young racers and we have families and we have older racers that have been around it for a long time. And it's just the, the technology today I wanted to get into of how, you can make a car that's so darn fast be such a reliable power plant, such a reliable transmission. I mean, you know, when we started Drag News back in the late 80s, you know, there wasn't really, you know, uh, uh, Top Sportsman, Top Dragster was almost in its infancy. And back when it very first started, guys were, you know, massaging Oldsmobile diesel blocks and, and, you know, making something out of uh, out of raw material that it wasn't intended for. And nowadays we have such, you know, dedicated blocks and dedicated cylinder heads. And, you know, so these guys now, some of them joke, they feel guilty if they change the valve springs every other season, you know, <laughs> and they really don't say they need to do that. And that just is a fascinating, you know, uh, graduation of the sport to me, how we can make power to get six-second cars out there and be so darn reliable and throw nitrous, nitrous on top of the pistons or boost or whatever the case may be to go fast. I, I agree. You you don't see the destruction that um, we even saw, even in bracket racing, let's let's call it um, when I was growing up, you know, the stock blocks were falling apart half the time, and now you don't see that in top sportsman, top dragster when these guys are going 220 miles an hour. Sure, and even, on, even in, in top sportsman, top dragster, even in lower classes, Cubic inches is king. You know, you can, you can, I, I mean, my, my uh, 620 I, I had, the cam in it was more conservative than the old Corvette cams of the 60s. You know, cubic inches replaced the compression and, and, and big lift cams and what have you, and you just don't hurt the engines anymore. That's right. Was there, um, was there something that in the article that just uh, surprised you? maybe that um, you, you weren't expecting as you were talking to these drivers? You know, not really. You know, everybody just, you know, it, it, it's an intense love for these two categories. And it seems to be, I'll tell you, yes, there is. I, I, one popped into my head. Sure. It's the fact that none of the guys really have goals and aspirations beyond where they are right now. You know, they say they might get a new car down the road. They might, you know, do something different as far as a combination. But they love this class, and this is where they're hanging their hat. You know, there's not really anyone I interviewed that, you know, has, has goals or, aspir- you know, aspirations to run top alcohol or anything higher even. Um, it's, it's just really neat that, you know, they're just in love with this category. It's, it's That's just a really neat aspect of it. I. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the the, the passion that uh, the guys and girls in this class have is um, really at a fantastic level. Um, but let me ask you this. Um, was there anything in the article that you, just for time's sake or whatever, you just really couldn't get into that you thought was interesting? Well, it's interesting, of course, with online magazines, you, you have a little more of a limit of words. You know, it's it's a it's a, it's a lighter reading when it comes to, uh, you know, an online magazine, but you know, I, I really struck upon everything that was important. Uh, a lot of guys got into their personal history 
which I, I really thought was interesting that I wish I could have, you know, written more about. Uh, uh, darn it, the guy from Texas. Can they go name? Darn it. You know, we had one Texas racer I interviewed, and, and he'd been in Top Sportsman since it was literally first put down the track with IHRA. And, you know, to listen to some of his stories over time. And, and you know, young guys that have just barely been in the sport, but they almost jumped from junior dragster to top dragster, and that was a fascinating aspect uh, of it. So it, it's been on the people side, the technical side of the race cars, you know, that that was about 50% of the article. The other 50% were the people side of it and the families. And, you know, it, it is fascinating how the young, whole younger group of racers that I interviewed and, and talked about in the story, you know, how they've walked out of, uh, you know, juniors and maybe some super comp and, boy, they're just handling the top dragster now. And that, that really fascinates me. Yeah, it's, it, that's a good point. I mean, um, and that's the great thing with drag racing. Like uh, you can do it for a long time because physically it's not as tolling on your body. So you can have young guys going from juniors right to uh, the top dragster side and feeling pretty comfortable. And then you can have, you know, guys that have been doing it a long time uh, and girls uh, doing it a long time that, uh, you know, it will allow their bodies to do that, which is, which is great. We've got a lot of generations going at it that way. Um, sure, I think I think it's a hard. I think it's harder to drive some of these big rigs down the highway for five states <laughs> to actually race the car. So there's no doubt about that. Um, well, you've got an interesting perspective um, from from that standpoint. Um, do you have any thoughts on where you expect the the classes to go from here? I mean, obviously we've got. Uh, the first time at the U.S. Nationals this year, which is which is a lot of fun and a big deal for the classes. But where do you uh, foresee these classes going? If you had to put on, well, you know, and there there is a very interesting aspect of the article that didn't really get talked about in the article. And I've always had a personal feeling that when you put a ceiling on any any class, an ET ceiling, you know, and it's the spirit of drag racing or all motorsports more cars are going to go faster and the faster cars are going to become, you know, more popular. And is, is top, it was the baited question I asked almost every one of the people I interviewed is top sportsman, top dragster going to ultimately come a 610 index class where everybody is right there knocking on the door of the ceiling. And the surprising answer was no, they really didn't think it would go that far. You know, I, I kind of, I mean, just in the back of my head, I kind of disagree that ultimately more cars are going to go faster and you're going to see a lot more cars right up there on the very, you know, upper half of the class. But, you know, could you see an entire, theoretically, you could see, I guess, an entire spread of 610 cars down the road. May not happen, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thought that's there. I think if it is going to happen, we'll probably see it at the U.S. Nationals at some point. Um, sure. you know, that, but, uh, you're, you're not, you're not off track. I mean, we just had Jimmy, uh, Sokovich on and he talked about how, you know, he's, um, he's really pulling a lot of the power out early so that he can run big mile per hour at, you know, at is what is ultimately 610. So he's running sure. 610 at 240 miles an hour. Um, and, and to your point about the fact that, we can make power more reliably than we ever have before. Um, there'll be more guys that will try to set that program up. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, just sitting here talking to you, I was thinking back of, 
when my wife and I personally was heavily involved in the NHRA Super Quick Series mm-hmm. here in Division Three and Division Two, and it was just fascinating to see guys literally having to pull input shafts out of their old power glides every round to put new input shafts in because they wouldn't last more than two rounds. And and that you know and today, nah, you got a bulletproof. Uh, we'll, we'll send it. We'll send it and have it checked at the end of the year. That's about all we do. To <laughs> right, right, and that class has essentially become a 450 index class i mean if you cannot right. run a 52 you're not getting in at some right. uh, most so, of the events yeah so will top sportsman top drags or ultimately become that same situation who knows i can't wait i can't wait if it does <laughs> um no I think, may, we, may we live in interesting times we'll leave it at that that's right that's right um uh Todd, uh, what's uh, what's next on your uh, your agenda now? So you, you got any interesting projects coming up that uh, you're willing to let our listeners in on? Well, like I said, I'm 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 just doing a lot of technical based articles for Dragzine Magazine. I also do stuff for Drag Racing Edge Magazine, and uh, I do stuff for uh, uh, Drag, Racing. Drag Racing Online, uh, mainly the Power Auto Media Magazine. So I'm doing a lot of tech, and like I said, this this article. The interesting thing about online magazines is the editors can track, and this is something that, you know, back in my paper days, you, you didn't know if an article was popular or not uh, other than the input people gave you. Now they can track numbers and hits and counts and everything else, and they were really happy with what that Top Sportsman, Top Dragster article did. So you'll probably see me doing more more of that in the future with different classes. And I think that would be an interesting take on it. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, that Todd, that is uh, great stuff. Um, we're going to give you the podcast uh, certification stamp, um, the tag. So you're, you're welcome to come back at any time. Um, that was great stuff. Really appreciate you having on and having you come on and, um, Wish you uh, just a, a great week, and we'll talk with you here soon. I appreciate it. Send me a T-shirt with that stamp on it, would you? You got it. You got okay. it. Yep, that was uh, – great, great talking to you guys. I hope all your listeners enjoy it. You know, uh, look for my work down the road. Will do. Will do. That was the great Todd Sylvie. Uh, appreciate him coming on. Um, and we'll get it back in the groove here and uh, take the stripe here in a minute. But, uh, no, that was a great, great conversation with Todd and – um, his uh, article on uh, Top Sportsman, Top, Top Dragster, which uh, if you have not read it, go do it now. All right, as we hit the mile per hour cone here today, um, just to, some people have been asking, so I will tell you that uh, my car will be my personal car will be functionally ready to go this week uh, for a series that I run. It will likely be in primer, but um, I will just tell you that um, my guy Andy Camp at Andy's Collision Repair has been a rock star. And what he does to do that is something I think we can all kind of take um, if any of us are in the service industry at all. And what he does is he takes about 15 seconds out of his day um, at the end of the day um, you know, not exactly a long period of time, uh, about 15 seconds, and he'll send me a picture or a text of what he did on the car that day. And so not only was he willing to meet me, you know, on a Sunday and on his day off with his wife and all that stuff to get the car in, but, you know, just the fact that he is 
able to keep me up to date and, you know, just on the progress of that stuff um, kind of puts my mind at ease. And I'm in the service industry as well. So I'm a banker. My clients are counting on me to make certain things happen. And, um, you know, just as much as I can keep them in the loop, the better. And for all of us, I mean, we've all had issues with contractors where, um, you know, the communication breaks down at some point, you, you know, you just say, Hey, put this, um, you know, this shelf on the red wall, you know, and you come home at the end of the day and the shelf is on the blue wall and you just, obviously communication broke down at some point. Um, but for all of us, they're in the service business, keeping our clients in communication is a big, big deal. And that's what Andy's done. And so it's, it's given me some relief and certainly, um, driving it this weekend will be, um, a good uh, driving it in primer, I should say is a good reminder to make sure my fuel cell cap is locked tightly. Um, I will not do that again, but, uh, just thought, you know, for all of us in the service world, it's a good reminder to just do what Andy does, which is keep you, keep our clients in the loop all the time. Um, so if you, um, uh, do me a favor. Um, if you see, um, my Twitter posts or my Facebook posts, please share that, uh, for whatever reason, Facebook is stifling, um, our, our post for some odd reason. I don't know if they want um, cash to, to amplify it out or what, but I'm, I'm going to put my tech director hat on this week and see what's going on with Facebook and then also iTunes. So, um, gotten kind of bogged down with those guys on the tech side and I am going to figure that out. But, uh, if you see our post, please share. Um, we'll try to get Facebook on board with us like it or not. Okay, that is the show. We took the stripe. We got the wind light. We were dead on this week. There's no doubt about that. That was episode number six. It has been six weeks. Um, some of you are in, obviously, uh, given what happened today in uh, today's half-track report. But uh, some are just getting in now. That's okay. You will get the cadence. Uh, give it a couple weeks. Um, you'll understand it. You'll get it. You are one of us. So you'll want to follow along on uh, Twitter, uh, Fast Brackets on Twitter, um, Fast Brackets Podcast on Facebook, or um, uh, hesitate to do this, but uh, you could send me an email at uh, the Fast Bracket check that fast brackets at outlook.com. That's uh, the email address. So let me know if there's something that uh, something or someone you want me to cover. Um, certainly not oil pan windows, uh, but something intelligent. We'll cover that and uh, we'll go, but that's it. That is number six. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. This episode of the Fast Brackets podcast was presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. <laughs>
So what would you think? It was good, man. We have uh, we have really good today, so uh, I'm excited. And just for the listeners, or you know, the fact that you wore, um, you know, your uh, flag uh, speedo in today, very made, patriotic, made the whole day. So it was good. 